depend on his weight as I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you musicians. As we turn to our scripture, as brother, all right, just uh, take a seat for a while. Our musicians, you can come back, apology, just send the baby for bring them in, bring them in. Apologies, uh, Brother Mambi West got a, a child to dedicate this morning. If I, if I was dedicated as a baby and I grew up and later as an adult, 
I find that they never sang Bring Them In for me, I'll be very upset. Amen. You can come. Bring Turn to the book of Mark, the book of Mark, chapter 10, and from verse 1 3, 13. And they brought young children to him that he should touch them, and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. And when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me. And forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. I thought you'll say amen to that. Amen. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. He took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. Not baptized them, but blessed them. Amen. If you take a, just a small bowl to baptize a child, we are told that actually it is the finger of the priest being baptized. It's not the child. Amen. God bless you. Gabriel. Oh, Gabriel. The Moyose of God. Gabriel as well. Shall we bow our heads for gracious heavenly father? Here is a child, Gabriel. Children are the inheritance of the Lord. And dear God, I'm just laying my hands upon this son. What a beautiful name. Gabriel is a name of an angel. And dear God, the parents have thought it very fit to give this son an angelic name. Dear God, we know that especially in the end time, Satan is targeting little ones. We can see in the schools how demons have made schools to be a haven of demons. But Heavenly Father, I'm glad that in this time where parenthood is being challenged, you as a great parent, you are here to take sides with parents. That is why I'm laying my hands upon this boy. I don't know what lies ahead of the journey called life, but dear God, there is one thing that I require. Whatever this young man will face later on in life, he must remember there was a minister of the gospel that said prayer over his life. 
and this prayer availeth much for the rest of his journey. And I say, Satan, you've got no role to play upon in the life of this child. May you instill a sense of wisdom upon the parents to raise this child in the fear of the Lord. As I committed this bundle of joy for the brother member to you, we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not Moyembe, it's Mambewo. Amen. Moyembe is in Zambia. Mambewo is from Zimbabwe. Amen. Shall we stand to our feet? Ah, we don't sing God bless you. You are coming for Gabriel. Amen. It's good to see Brother Washington. God bless you richly. Amen. I mean, I'm happy to see Brother Washington. Amen. So uh, we had time to spend together uh, yesterday uh, just reflecting on quite a lot of things, uh, especially on the departure of Sister Gloria. And I said to Brother Washington, it, it's just an honor and a privilege for me to have been one of the pastors that pastored Sister Gloria. Uh, and I said, it goes without saying, it's beyond controversy. Sister Gloria was a daughter of God. Amen. Those that came in contact with her can testify to you that she always had a godly atmosphere around her. Didn't speak much, but smiled much. Amen. So we are glad that there's going to be a great reunion somewhere. Uh, on that shores of that river. Amen. So we appreciate everything that the Lord has done in carrying our brother through that trial. Amen. It's beautiful to have somewhere where you go to when there is trial. Amen. Somebody to go to and report matters. Uh, Sometimes, I don't know, when people are not believers, it's not easy to comfort them. What do you use to comfort an unbeliever? And I said to the other people, I said, being an atheist, it must be such a self-torture. What happens when, when you are blessed? Who do you think? Hallelujah. How many in the building have ever been blessed beyond their wildest imagination? How, how many? Imagine being blessed beyond your wildest imagination. You, you can't thank a human being. You've got to thank the higher power. And that is God. Amen. Let's turn to the book of... We're going to have a good time. Satan is trying to block, but I will not be blocked by Satan. Amen. Maybe while brothers are here, let's just turn to... The book of Second Timothy, chapter 4, uh, from verse 6. It reads in this manner, if found, uh, if you have found it, you can say amen. amen. If you are looking for it, you can say wait a minute. For I am now ready to be offered. 
and the time of my departure is at hand. This was Paul towards the end of his journey. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Wish the Lord the righteous God, judge, shall give me at that day. Not to me only, but unto all that love his appearing. Amen. As we turn to the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 10. Verse four. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Amen. James 4, verse 7, before I allow you to take your seats. James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. We want a certain degree of resistance. Don't be a walkover. I say don't be a walkover. Amen. Resist the devil. Yeah, when somebody says resist, if the devil says this way, you say no. You You are an opposition. The moment you agree with Satan, there is a problem. Amen. If the devil smiles, don't smile. If he doesn't smile, you smile. Amen. If both of you are smiling, there is a problem. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. As we bow his gracious heavenly father, I'm reporting for duty this morning. We have read the scripture and we know that you are such a good God. We certainly are going to be blessed this morning. We can see with the signs that if Satan does things this way, it means we are on the right path. Here the believers, I believe those that are sick already are healed, dear God. That is why, dear God, it depends on our confession. That is why the Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. And this morning, we are not going to agree with Satan on anything. We want to commit the reading of the way to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, as we ask, Amen. Amen. God bless you richly as you enjoy the comfort of your seat. Our flight is going to be very quick. It will take off and in no time we will land. 
Amen. Amen. Uh, my mother-in-law or my mother in grace is in the building. Uh, we appreciate you have her. Amen. They say we don't say mother-in-law, we say mother in grace. Amen. I say I was thinking of speaking on choosing the bride. I had notes and I had meditated and I was ready to preach on that. But as it is normally a norm, uh, God said that was your message, is not my message for today. So I had to put my message aside and get what God dropped in my heart. Amen. As a minister, you do your part, but God does the rest. Uh, the problem is if you dare come to before the people with your message, your mouth will go dry 10 minutes into the message. So at the risk of not allowing my mouth to go dry, I had to submit it to the will of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, I want to speak on uh, fight back. Last week we spoke on uh, the right mental attitude. On Wednesday we spoke about the unholy alliance. This morning we say we want to speak on fight back. And my question before I get into the message, it may sound like a very radical subject, but the gospel is very radical. That amen was not radical, but the gospel is very radical. Amen. amen. Mm. Brother Brenham, when he speaks about, he, when he placed the seven messengers, he, he spoke about two gentlemen that came during the second age, which was Polycap and as well as Irenaeus. When you go and read in the Seven Church Age book, he says Polycap, although he looked like a great man, he looked like he could be a messenger for the age, but he said he compromised with church organizations. Then he says, Irenaeus was militant towards the church organization. Now, you, when you come and look at Martin Luther, uh, when he went and pinned those uh, theses on the door of the Catholic, there was a certain degree of militancy. When you come and look at Brother Brenham, you can see a certain, he may have looked reserved as an individual, but once he stepped behind the pulpit and under the anointing, he was quite a militant man. Amen. How many believe that Brother Brenham was quite a militant man? Spiritual militancy here. Now, if you are going to be a soldier, uh, you don't handle the enemy with velvet gloves. Either you go for a kill or the enemy goes for a kill. Hallelujah. Uh, that sounds radical, especially to uh, gentlemen and women that are Christians that don't know 
that the hour requires a certain degree of militancy. The devil is at war. The devil is at war. Uh, And uh, as you say, amen, he's waiting for you outside. So say amen with an understanding that that fella is there by the gate waiting for you. Amen. He was chased out of the building by godly songs, by godly prayers, by godly atmosphere. But out in the streets, he's waiting for you. Amen. He's going to fight, folks. He's going to fight and he fights tooth and nail, especially in this last hour. Every bullet that is loaded on Satan's gun, he's got no time to be generous with the bullet. Every bullet has got a target. Every bullet has a name. And the devil goes for precision. And if you are going to negotiate with Satan, you are not going to win. In war, we don't negotiate, we fight. How many believe that we are not on a picnic, we are on a battlefield? How many mothers that know that we are on the battle? Uh, Because I believe that if if something is good, it is worth fighting for. I say if something good is good, it is worth fighting for. Your soul is good, is worth fighting for. Your children are good, are worth fighting for. I say your children are good, are worth fighting for. Your marriage is good, is worth fighting for. Your ministry is good, is worth fighting for. Everything that is good is worth fighting for. Glory be to God. You can never protect what is precious without having a certain degree of fight in your belly. Amen. Amen. Now, we are going to use two characters from the Bible as an inspiration. Two characters that I love so much. We are going to look into Joshua. We are going to look into David, David was a man after God's own heart. Joshua, Brother Brenham say, there has never been a war general in the history of humankind like Joshua. He says the person that almost came close to Joshua in recent time was a man called Jackson Stonewall. This man, he got his inspiration. He was one of the people that led America during its times of war. And he always was reading the Old Testament. And they later asked him after he won battles and said, Mr. Stonehall, what is the secret to what's your victories? He said, I don't even drink a cup of a glass of water without saying a prayer. I don't drink a glass of water without saying a prayer. What does it mean? This man in recent time, he depended on prayer. And your prophet comes, he says, prayer is the very thing that I depend on. He says, prayer is the very thing that I depend on. 
He said prayer is the key. It can change things. It can change death to life. It can change sickness to health. And I can take it further. It can even change an old woman to a young woman by rapture. Prayer, there is nothing that can stop prayer. When a prayer is backed up by faith, it's bound to change circumstances. Hallelujah. Now the Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil. What we begin to see in recent times is that there is a certain degree of docility. Docility is a, a state of calmness while you are being used. Docility, believers in the end time are becoming docile, meaning they allow themselves to be a walkover. They are fine for Satan to come and do certain things, and they are fine it is business as usual. They are fine to have promises, but those promises are not fulfilled in their lives. They still have the Bible and carry the Bible to church. It is not a big deal to them. So that's what we call docility or apathy or passiveness or lack of interest and lack of agitation to make things happen. How many believe that the devil has become vicious in our time? The devil during the time of Abraham was not as vicious as he is in our time. During the time of Moses, he was not as vicious as he is during our time. Uh, a Christian today has got quite a lot of time, a lot to fight against. And that is why not considering ourselves to be great, but we are living during a great time because Brother Brown says, had God asked him which age he wanted to live in, he would have bypassed all the ages and he would have opted to live in our time. Why did the prophet want to live in our time? He says, this is the grand age. He says, it's the ending of time and blending of eternity. He says, where we are, he says, the devil in the message, how can I overcome? He says, the devil has become vicious. He has come in the name of the church to deceive the people. But he says, God in this age is going to have overcome us. Hey, folks, if, 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 if the metric results come out and the principal say only five students failed, uh, passed, you see those that are confident are the first ones to say, my name is on the roll call. I don't care about the rest, but if it's five, I'm included in that call. In this age, this is the age of overcomers. I believe my name is in that roll call. And it's up to you as well to claim that my name is in that roll call. And I want to say, you can never win the battle. You can never be declared a victor without a battle. You can never be declared that you are healed without sickness. You can never be declared that you have arrived unless you depart. There is always the coming out and the going in. Your life is in a twofold manner. Are we together? But as, even before I get into my quotations, we are not going to retreat. 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 I want that message to reverberate even in hell. We are not going to retreat. 
The battle will intensify, but we are not going to retreat. Hallelujah. There will be moments where we want to give up, but we are not going to give up. We are not going to quit. We're going to see this thing through. If it takes our last breath, let it be so. Oh, you can say amen better than that. Folks, we are not going to retreat. We are not going to surrender. Hallelujah. Every inch of the ground that was promised, we're going to claim it. Every inch of the ground that was promised, we're going to claim it. Every blessing that was written in the Bible, we're going to claim it. Every victory that was promised, we're going to attain it. We are not going to go back, folks. Satan is expecting us to throw our hands in the air and say, that's it. We're going to be like the rest of the people and take each day as it comes. No, say, we're here to set the agenda. To set the tone of things. Glory be to God. Now, Joshua, we remember how after Pastor Moses uh, died, Pastor Moses had a big church, two million members, very, very troublesome church. Sometimes the bigger the thing, the bigger the problem. And I'm not encouraging smallness. But sometimes the bigger the thing, have you seen, the elephant cannot move. Amen. Even when the company is still small, they is very agile. They even say, we are very lean and personal. We give personal service. Once it becomes big, the other time I really got upset with a bad customer service somewhere in Jobek. I knew that I would go there, take things, and things would be fixed while I'm waiting. When I got there, they told me that, no, Mr. Madiba, it doesn't work like that. You've got to go at that counter. You've got to book it in, and it's going to come to the technician. It's going to be assessed. You're going to be given a report back, and from there, we're going to make a decision based on your feedback, whether we're going to fix it or not fix it. I said, but I was here a while back. You fixed it immediately. They said, no. You see, we have amalgamated. Now, we have amalgamated with this company. Then I said to the lady, I say, now you are a big elephant. So an elephant cannot move because it has become bigger. Amen. So sometimes the bigger the thing, the bigger the problem. Not encouraging smallness. Amen. So two million people left Egypt, uh, but it was a very troublesome church. A church that did not have a, a sense of gratitude. They complain about water. Water comes from the rock. Once water comes from the rock, they don't even come and say, we thank God, forgive us. The next thing they say, we're going to die here. There were cucumbers and garlic in Egypt. And now manna rained out of heaven. They ate the manna. No time to say, we thank you. Until such time when Moses went up the mountain, we find out that the church really molded a golden calf and worshipped the golden calf. What a church that once the prophet is off the scene, then they come with a golden calf. And I'm beginning to see golden calves in the message of the hour. Because the prophet is not on side. People need something tangible that they can worship.
They don't believe that the supernatural God that is invisible is with us in the end time. Are you still with me? Now, when this church went around for 40 years, Brother Mons said the journey could have taken them 10 days, but God had to put them around the wilderness for 40 years because he had to sift the bad folks from the good folks. Amen. And the rapture could have, Brother Bram says, when I look down the line, I don't think we can even go beyond 1977. I predict that somewhere around 1977, things will come to an end. I predict, not prophesy. You need to know this difference. A prophecy, it will come to pass to the dot. But a prediction, it's a prediction. It's a human me being looking at the state of things and say, I predict that things may come to this level. Are we together? So he predicted that he couldn't see anything beyond 1977. He said, I just see pitch black. There is no hope, no more light there beyond that. This prophet never thought that in 2019, there could still be people that would want to live a holy life. And he was right because once he was living during that time, things had already decayed. And he thought that if life could really, really take longer, things are going to get worse and worse. And things are getting worse and worse. But as things are getting worse and worse, there are people that are determined we will not get worse with things. I said there are people that are determined we will not get worse with things. We will not succumb to the Laodicean pressure. I say, we will not succumb to the Laodicean pressure. Amen. Now, after God sifted those people, those that complained, God removed them. And he allowed the people that were below the age of 21 to go in and allowed Joshua and Caleb. But we are learning right from the beginning, even before Joshua came to prominency, there is something critical that we have found out. There is something critical that we have found out. During that time, already when Moses went up the mountain, we hear that Joshua, he went and waged a war against the Amalekites. So from right to the beginning, Joshua was a man of war. From the beginning, Joshua was a general. He was not chosen to be a successor of Moses by default. It is based on the conduct. It is based on the commitment. It is based on his determination. It is based on him refusing to be lukewarm and join the rest of the people. Even when the ten people came and brought the report and said the land can never be possessed, he said, but we are more than able. He and Joshua, because the Bible said they had a different spirit. And that different spirit, when you go and check it further, it means attitude. They, you know, there are people that have got no attitude of finishing things. I've heard people that are great starters of things, but towards the completion, you never find them. Have you ever seen such people? A brother is busy with this project, and while we find out how far is he, he says, no, now I'm busy with this one. How far is that one? Then I'm busy. You never complete anything. But a, a human being, if you need to get somewhere in life, when you find an obstacle, you need to overcome it. When you find another one, you need to overcome it until you get things done. I say until you get things done. Amen. Don't be a quitter easily. Now, Brother Bram says, 
in the message, as I was with Moses, so I'll be with thee. Now Joshua, in all this, knowing that the command was great, but having the assurance he could be fearless. What has crippled the church in the end time, as I said last week, it is fear. People are fearful. That is why you find yourself studying a lot of diseases and saying, how can I prevent them, even though you are not a medical doctor? Because why? The world is paralyzed by fear. Folks, even if we die, there is the resurrection. I say, even if we die, there is the resurrection. Death is not the end of the believer. Amen. Brahman says, death is just a change of a dwelling place. Then why would you be afraid to relocate? To a much better body, much better place. He could be, as we would call it, reckless, as long as he was pointed the right way. He might break up against a hill that would knock him backwards, but he was carried the right way. So the church of the living God can be, the church of the living God be reckless. So can the church of the living God be reckless and fearless in faith? Don't just be reckless without faith. If you don't have faith, take that medication. Amen. Don't say I'm going to be reckless while you don't have faith. But if you've got faith, you can be reckless. And how we'll know that your reckless is laced with faith, it will deliver the results. Amen. But if it's just fanaticism, we can, it can send you to an early grave. Amen. Now, so can the church of the living God be reckless and fearless in faith if we are pointed the right way? For he said, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. This was a promise to Joshua. And you and I are living during the Joshua dispensation. The book of Joshua typed the book of Ephesians. And today, Brother Bram said, we are back again in the third Ephesians. If we are back in the faith Egyptian, there must be Joshua ministry somewhere. The Joshua ministry it means the Holy Ghost operating through the fivefold ministry in the church to place the church positionally. This is not just a praise where we just preach you and say you are an adulterer, you need to repent. What is happening? A lot of people become adulterers or fornicators because they don't know their God-given position. Once you know your position in the body, you will never live contrary to your position. This is a time for the placing in the body where a believer knows that this is my position because when you fight in your position, you are going to overcome. There is a reason why a crocodile will drag a prey into the water. It's because a crocodile is more powerful in the water. Because the water, it is the position of a crocodile. There is a reason why an eagle will come down and really grab the snake and take the snake up in the air. Because the snake in the air cannot maintain a posture because you cannot crawl in the air. It's about positional victory. This morning, if you are defeated, 
check where you are. And if you are not at the right place, go back to your position. Because in your position, there is victory in your position. You can never be blessed when you are outside the homeland. The homeland today, it is the message of the hour. When you leave the message, you are going to live a life of defeat. You will be defeated in every area of your life. But when you come back to your ought-to-be position, which is the message of the hour, things are going to change. I say things are going to change. Victories are going to be attained. Testimonies are going to emanate from your position. Things are going to happen from your position. This morning, my sister, my brother, recognize your position. Amen. Now we say... As I was with Moses, we know that the Moses ministry was the Elijah ministry. Moses was exactly what Brother Brenham was in the end time. Folks, this is an era when Joshua took over. Uh, Joshua, you see, Moses was very kind. Moses was somewhat patient. He could come and entertain when they speak about garlic that they miss in Egypt. But Joshua had no time for those stories. The first thing that Joshua did when he took over, he said, we have been long in the journey. Now we need to go to Gilgal. And in Gilgal, there must be circumcision. He said, we have accumulated too much flesh on the journey. Flesh has got to be reduced in the camp so that we are spirit-led. You could never have told Joshua about the cucumbers. And that's why certain questions really are late for us to ask such questions. I remember in the early stages, people would come and ask Brother Brenham, is it fine if I put pajamas as a pants? Uh, Amen. Those are childhood questions. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. And I thought as a child, but now I'm a man. If you're going to ask that question, what happens if the house bends in the middle of the night? And we need to run. When there is fire, there is no time to change attire. As soon as there is screaming and say, hey, I know I'm touching a sensitive area. I can see with the looks in the building. There is fire. If you are on the top floor and you are able to jump, you need to jump through the window. And by the time everything gets sorted, oh, sister, what has happened? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Certain things, I'll leave them to your conscience. Amen. If you know that if the fire comes and you're going to make a plan, it's up to you. But I have given you an advice. Amen. There are certain questions that Brother Branham was asked because the church was in its infancy. There are certain questions that the church is not allowed to ask in 2019. Because there are certain questions that you can entertain from your child 
when they ask certain questions. Um, uh, we had a brother, and one time he came to me, and I did not know the street language during that time. And he said to me, uh, Pastor, is it I'm going to do a direct translation? And I'll explain what it means. Then he said, Pastor, is it, is it wrong to climb a camel? Me, listeners, wow. Every, we know people that climbed the camel for many years. It, it's not a problem to climb the camel. I remember I was with Brother Mbanyan. Brother Mbanyan pulled me aside saying, Funis, you know what is to climb the camel? I said, what, what is it? He says, no, it's to go to a loan shack and borrow money. Hey, I said, brother, come back. Don't climb the Cayman. You see, because I was, it was lost in translation. I say, don't go there because loan shack, they've got a lot of interest but uh, the, the brother had been around in the message for 20 years, and I was asking, why, why is he asking such a question? Certain questions that you ask, they begin to reveal whether you are growing or regressing in grace. Uh, you allow me to preach? Uh, if you begin, if we know that you've always worn long dress. And you come and say, but what if it comes around the knees? It is a reflect. Why was it not a problem all these years? Why is it becoming a problem now? It's because you have moved from your position. Questions that you ask, they reflect. I'm not saying be afraid to ask questions. We've got to take questions and answer questions. But certain questions you need to ask yourself. Is it warranted for me to ask such questions after I've long been in the journey? Amen. Now, for he said, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. He never forsook Moses. He never forsook Brother Brenham. He never failed Moses. He never failed Brother Brenham. He will not fail Joshua. He will not fail the five-fold ministry that is operating in the church. He will not fail us. He will be with us. Amen. I say he will be with us. Amen. Now, in this message, the unveiling of God, paragraph 155, he says, notice, only Moses had the weight. The weight that there was nothing new delivered to Joshua. Joshua had to take what Moses had already delivered to the people. There is nothing new to be delivered to the church. If there was one ministry, if there was one mystery that was not revealed, God was not going to take Brother Brenham. I say if there was one ministry, mystery that was pending, God was not going to take Brother Brenham. Because in the message of the unveiling of God, it says all the mysteries will be unveiled 
and revealed in that Elijah. So Elijah cannot be taken when mysteries are not revealed. Every mystery that had to be revealed has been revealed. You might be waiting for your own individual revelation, but revelation is already out there. It's waiting for you to receive that revelation. So Moses, only Moses, this must be emphasized, only Moses had the weight. Why is it supposed to be emphasized? It's because the weight cometh not only to everybody, it cometh to the prophets. Folks, God can never bypass the prophet and give you a better revelation than the prophet. That's why a sign of insanity is when you begin that you think you can correct the messenger of the hour. That's quite being irresponsible. Now, he said, now, there wasn't a group came down. There wasn't just the Pharisees or the Sadducees. It wasn't a certain sect or clan. It was Moses. He got one man. He can't get two or uh, three different minds. That's why in our time, we only have one man that we must refer to. I say we only have one man that we must refer to. Uh, Hallelujah. We are all coming. This morning, all of us here are here because God sent William Brenham. I say all of us this morning are here because God sent William Brenham. So that means before we do anything, the first thing that we are, what did William Meron Brenham say about it? Not about what brother the so-and-so said, because we are not here because of brother so-and-so. Hey, folks, you are not here because of Madiba. I did not know you. I never could have met you. You heard the voice of Elijah in the end time. And you responded to the voice of Elijah in the end time. So when we have gathered together like this, we come from different backgrounds, different thoughts, different opinions. But our opinions matter not. The only thing that matters, it is the weight that came through the prophet messenger. You may say it, it may sound great, but after all is said and done, we're going to ask, what did Brother Brenham say about it? Hallelujah. Quite frankly, we don't have the message. We only have the message that the prophet has already delivered. Amen. Amen. Now, it was Moses. He got one man. He can't get, just be careful of the cable brothers. That's why it keeps on showing different color there. He can't get two or different minds. He takes one man. This thing is very critical. Even in the church, God cannot have different minds. That's why there is a pastor. Uh, Hallelujah. If a pastor, before he does everything, he goes around looking for opinions, you are not really going to have a very chaotic church. The pastor must go to to God and come and deliver the message to the people. If everything is going to be settled by a debate and say, hey, we are waiting for brother so-and-so and hear what he's got to say about it, it's not going to work. What's happening, and I'm not saying that uh, uh, recklessly, it's because behind every decision there is accountability. You guys are going to have a good time there when we get to see the Lord. Because you, you will just say, step aside, we are not going to talk to you. Where is Brother Majiba? Over there. What did you preach? And I can't say, hey, hey, hey Brother Dipari, you will help him come here. No. Why? The bug stops with me. I'm just giving an example with you, brother, everybody. This doesn't mean anyway. Amen. Are we together? So that means even in your family, even in your family, he's going to say to the wife, hey, wifey, over there, children, over there, brother, come. Why did you allow such things in your family? 
And you cannot say, hey, you know, sister used to give me silent treatment whenever I refused the things. He is not going to go. You remember how when he came and confronted Adam, Adam said, no, it was not me. It is the woman that you gave to me. He, said, he, he just said, sister, what happened? He says, it's the serpent. And God never negotiated with the serpent. He said, you from today, you are legless. Hallelujah. You women, you will have a childbearing. You will have birth pains. You men, I will cast the environment. The environment used to save you, but you will save the environment. You see, you've got to take accountability. She'd rather be angry with you for being a scriptural man, but knowing that at the day of the judgment, you'll say, God, I did my best. Don't just want to be popular in your family. There are times where, as a man, you've got to make tough decisions. The reason we've got chaotic things in the end time, men do not have a backbone of steel. They are swayed by emotions in the family. You know that you can't allow that thing in your family, but because what if they're going to be upset? If they become upset, let them be upset. You will pray for them. I say you will pray for them. Am I preaching? Can I have an amen from me? Hallelujah. Uh, One thing I've realized about this church, a lot of people... Uh, they, they normally become jittery because in this church we give a man his rightful position. And once we have given you a rightful position, we really hold you accountable to it. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You don't just become a head. You must be a head that is responsible. Yeah. Are you still with me? Sisters, are you together? You'll see any sister that hates headship, the first thing that she will hate is to come to the church. Because here we are not compromising when we say a man is the head of the house. Not the lake of the house, a head of the house. Hallelujah. Why? It is your scriptural position. And after you are there, we are not going to allow you to abuse a sister. You still need to be responsible. Hallelujah. If any man ever beats his wife in this church, he is not going to last. I'm the first one to take you to the police station. As a pastor, I'm the first one to testify that this man is a wife basher. Uh, hallelujah. Yeah, sometimes certain things we've got to pray for them, but sometimes certain things we really need just to take you and throw you into the police van and say, you don't represent us. Uh, can I get an amen here? Uh, we're going to love our wives. We're going to protect our wives. We're going to pray for our wives. Why? Because we are godly men. I say because we are godly men. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen on that one? Sisters, you want to be led or you want to lead? Yes. You want to lead or you want to be led? Amen. If you want to lead, there is a problem there when you lead. Amen. Are you still with me? That's another sermon for another day. Now, Moses had the weight and Moses alone. And Joshua, he didn't have it. No one else had it. Joshua, excuse me, was a general. Joshua was a commander of the army. Joshua was a believer, a Christian. But Moses was a prophet. The weight can't come to Joshua. It's got to come to Moses. He was the major prophet of the hour. The word never did come to Joshua till Moses was gone. No, say, 
God deals with one at a time. God is one. Only Moses had the way, not the group. In the end time, only the prophet had the way, not the group. But look, after Moses was taken off the scene, God brings Joshua, a war general. Joshua was a man of war. Look, look, uh, you see, the, when, when on the journey Moses was around, people were worried about cucumbers and garlic that they used to enjoy in Egypt. Joshua, he was worried that we need to possess the land. Because it was promised that wherever our footsteps step on, that place, it is ours. He, until when God showed in a human form, and Joshua looked at this unknown character, he said to him, are you with us or against us? Amen. Folks, and message believers in the end time are afraid to ask that. There are times where you've got to ask people or ask individuals, are you for us or against us? Are you for this message or against this message? Let it be established because when it is established, then we know the rules of engagement. Are you still with me? And when he was there, he took out the sword. At no point in time, during the time of Moses, we find out Moses using a sword. And I wonder, where did Joshua take the sword from? Joshua knew that the Lord God opened the Red Sea. He knew that he rained the manna. He knew that water came from the rock. But when we are about to cross Jordan, Jordan, God is going to use us. Uh, Hallelujah. The battles that God is going to fight is not going to fight them the way you used to fight them when Brother Branham was around. That's why Brother Branham said, God has got to be in you to fight the battle. Why? After the Moses has taken off the scene, it is now a time for war. After Brother Brenham is taken off the sea, it is time for war. Hallelujah. The devil is on attack, is on a defensive mode, and it needs the believers to fight back. I say the devil is going to attack everything in your life. Are you going to fold your arms or are you going to fight back? I say if the devil takes our children, what are we going to do? If the devil attacks our marriage, what are we going to do? If the devil attacks our prayer life, what are we going to do? You are not saying fight back enough. You can't say fight back. It's about having determination. I am going to fight back. Hallelujah. It has to be said by a certain degree. And fight back. You cannot fight back unless there is a certain degree of aggression. Uh, hallelujah. It requires a certain degree of aggression. Say, I'm going to fight back. Joshua realized, uh, and Joshua, this man was a warrior. Until one time when he was fighting, as he was fighting, the sun was going down. And he realized that, no, 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 no. I'm not going to be able to see the enemy in the dark. Why? I have got to finish off the enemy. Hey, don't leave any enemy, folks. Don't, if he's wounded, finish him off. Don't ever leave any demon. If it is wounded, finish him off. Are we together? Because why? You don't know after you have left, the enemy can regain ground. And a wounded enemy is more dangerous. Are you still with me? Folks, I'm doing deliberately. I'm provoking a sense of militancy in you. 
for this hour, men, are you here? We are not going to give up in this hour. Satan is going to cause uncertainty in your job environment. But what you need to do, you've got to fight back. Are you still with me? There's going to be misunderstanding in your house, but you've got to fight back. There's going to be misunderstanding in the church, but you've got to fight back. You are not going to leave. Oh, folks, maybe you had much better say to Satan, I'm not going down without a fight. We are not going down without a fight. Hallelujah. If it requires our last ounce of energy, so be it. I say, so be it. Are we together? And when the sun was going down, Joshua realized I need an extra time. And right there, he says, son, stand still. He did not fast. He did not pray about it. He knew that this war, it is not my war. This battle is not my battle. God is a partner in this battle. And whatever I say God must do, God will do it. And you and I are living during the time where Jesus said, whatever you bind here on earth shall be bound in heaven. Joshua understood, if I say it, heaven has got to action it. Oh, where have you ever seen a man stopping the sun? I'm looking for the Joshua's of the hour that can stop the natural element through the power of the spoken word and say, the enemy, you had much better, you have provoked the wrong person. Sun stands still and the sun stood still. That says the scripture. It was not God saying it, it was a man saying it. When you are in the will of God, you can say anything, God will back it up. I'll repeat the statement. When you are in the will of God, you can say anything. God will back it up. Why? Because you become a mini creature. I say you become a mini creature. You become an amateur God. Glory be to God. Am I preaching to the people that understand the power of the spoken way? Am I preaching to the people that know they can stop the natural element? Glory be to God. The sun stands still because I still have the Jebusites. I still have the Hittites. I still have this giant that I've got to drive off the land. Oh, we need such sisters. We need such brothers that say there is still more to be attained. There are still more revelations to be attained. There is still more ground to be covered. And therefore, we are not retreating. Forward we go. I say, forward we go. Every inch of the ground shall be claimed. I'm looking for sisters that can say, Satan, I'm in the faith. And my faith was enough to save me. But it's not only enough to save me alone. I'm coming with my children. And if you are going to attack, I'm going to fight back. I don't care how long they have left the message. You are on that seat for the right purpose. And today, you on your seat, you can say, Satan, they are coming back. Folks, they are coming back. But it needs somebody that has got a a fight in their belly. Hallelujah. The willingness to fight more. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Maybe while running ahead of myself. Now let us look at this man, David. David is another warrior. Oh, brothers, David was a great man. While during, I I mean, a young man of his age should have been worried about uh, playing soccer, 
basketball or baseball or whatever it may be. But he was out there confronting lions. Hallelujah. Where the counter, his peers were busy talking there and hanging around and just having fun. But David was out there alone. And while he was there taking care of his father's sheep, and all of a sudden, a lion came from nowhere and was about to snatch one uh, sheep. And right there, David stepped to the fore and held that lion and ripped it apart. Hallelujah. You know, I'm interested in those battles that you win that nobody knows the battle that you were fighting. Hallelujah. Have you ever experienced a a victory in a private battle? And you're in church and people just see you raising your hand and say hallelujah. But they don't know at that time, you know that your hands are bleeding. It's because you handled the lion with the bare hands and ripped it apart. Hallelujah. Certain battles, God is not going to make a showmanship. He's going to allow you to fight those battles. Every one of you has fought a private battles that you are afraid to tell everybody about and say, what will they think? But one time, you overcame. Hallelujah. Sometimes when we sing and we are happy, sometimes it's not because the melody is right. Sometimes it's not because the song leader is anointed. Sometimes it's because we say, God, no one knows what I've been through. But the battle that I was through, you made me overcome that battle. There's going to be an amen throughout the service because you have done something for me. Hallelujah. If somebody really irritates you when they say amen, bear with them. You don't know what they've been through. Hallelujah. Now one time when he was taking care of his father's sheep, all of a sudden there came a bear. Oh, David knew that Lucin, the the lion, he still had fresh, fresh memories of how he destroyed the lion. And the bear, when it came, he destroyed the bear. God was training his son. Hallelujah. Brother Bram said, when God calls a man, he equips a man fully. When God calls a woman, he equips the woman fully. Are you still with me? Then one day, they just thought, we need somebody to make an errand to go and check on your brothers and here's a lunch pack and he went there. When he got there, Israel was like a church today. Brothers had quotation and say, hey, don't really bother the enemy. This matter, we just need to pray about it and fast about it. Don't cause any emotion. Just be gentle about it. Christians were called to be gentle. But Goliath was saying, give me a man. 40 nights, 40 days and 40 nights, every morning say, give me a man. The only man that was on par with Goliath was Saul. But Saul was as well as a king, trembling. And the man, the enemy was pompous 40 days. There was no sense of fight back in Israel. The man was cursing daily. The man was shaming the name of the Lord. And men were there with beards, with husky voices, tolerating an enemy, undermining God's people. 
And if one wanted to say, be careful, you're going to die. Well, a young boy came from somewhere who was not a no, who was a nobody. He was not a man of war, but he had testimonies. A believer that has got testimonies is dangerous because he knows what God did yesterday. He can do it today and he can do it tomorrow. And when you got there, the enemy charged, give me a man. And David heard that and said, who is this man? The brothers say, we have been like this for 40 days and 40 nights. Don't speak too loud, lest you attract attention to yourself. But David was not a man that you can say shush. Hallelujah. He had a fight in his belly. He did not matter how long the enemy was there. There are believers, they don't care what the enemy has done. How long he has destroyed things. They say, enemy, you have done that, but not on me. Not under my watch. David said, who is this uncircumcised? Philistine, who is this man of flesh? Because he knew that he was a man of spirit. Who is this man of flesh that can say things that he say against the armies of God? They say, wait a minute. He says, no, no, no. Now I'm done with delivering lunch. Now there are more matters to be sorted out. Hallelujah. God will always give you an opportunity to demonstrate who he is through your life. And boy, that was nobody. He said, no, no, I'm going to take the enemy on. And he went before Saul and they put a military, military regalia on him. And he began to move a few steps. He said, this thing is too heavy for me. When I met the lion, I was not wearing this. When I met the bear, I was not wearing this. Give me a time-tested weapons. Our warfare are not carnal. Hallelujah. Give me what I've overcame the devil with yesterday. Give me what I overcame the devil with yesterday. The message of the hour will defeat Satan. Anywhere, anytime, and under any condition. Somebody is listening to me. The message of the hour will defeat Satan anywhere. In your job, brother. In your marriage, brother. In your finances, brother. In your health, brother. Anywhere. And anytime. And under any condition. David came back and said, take this thing off. And he gave it back to the king. And he took a slingshot. Hallelujah. A young boy who was very petite in stature. He only had an ephod around him. And he went down with a slingshot. Brother Brown said midway, he really bent down and picked up five stones. Hallelujah. And said, I need to do things orderly. Five is a number of grace. Five represents the name of Jesus. And he put the, those stones in the slingshot. Why? The boy had a fight in the belly. The boy said, God can never be defeated while I'm there. 
I'm available that God can use me. That God can never be defeated. And today, God can never be defeated. Why? We are available. I say we are available. Not only available, but we are willing. Not only willing, but we are capable. Not only capable, but we are anointed. We are the people that the Bible spoke about. Oh, folks. Joe, Paul was a great man, but God never allowed Paul to come and see the closing chapter of humanity. When the David was at his wit ends and was vicious, God said, who are the candidates to take this enemy on? He fought in heaven. He fought in the Garden of Eden. He fought throughout human history. But in the end time, in the last hour, who are the people to take the enemy on? Oh, my name was called. My name was called. Your name was called. That these are the people that will close the chapter of humanity. The last people to see the devil standing is us. And I said, God, we're going to whip him. I said, we're going to whip him. We're going to whip him with the scripture. We're going to whip him with the song. We're going to whip him with the quotation. We're going to whip him with whatever is available. What is in your hand? Samson had the jaw of the donkey. What is in your hand? Today, the word, the message of the hour is in your hand. And David came down. And as it was, oh, everybody, the brothers wanted to blink at him. But he had none of, always in the battle, the devil will always bring somebody who was defeated to share their defeated testimony. When you are sick with a certain disease, somebody say, you know my mother died of this disease. You are mother, not me. Yes. Hallelujah. You are mother, not me. Yes. Your mother did not have what I have. What I have is the word of God. Yes. Oh, I'm going through a marital problem. Ah, even me, I divorced. You know, me, men are useless, are trash. Leave. We are not preaching to leave us here. Oh. I can't live with one woman. Oh, all men are doing it. We are not all men. Amen. All men can do it, but we are not all men. Amen. Some of us, we are not just men. We are sons of God. Amen. I say, oh, we are more than males. We are more than people that wear trousers. We are sons of God. What does it mean? We are not going to retreat. We are going to not accept the status quo. Hallelujah. And David came. As he was coming down, then he put those stones. And now, here is a big man. Goliath was a giant. Now he sees the man that was stature, short in stature, coming. If somebody say you are a nobody, God is about to make you somebody. <laughs> Certain assignments need a nobody. Because somebody has got an ego and an experience. And if they bring the enemy down, they'll say, you know I always win this battle. I knew there's a matter of time. 
not even the name of the Lord being, na- being said. And David came there. And he released the stones and brought the enemy down. David, he, did not want, he was not satisfied that Goliath fell. Hallelujah. He was not satisfied that Goliath was down. Are you still with me? Right there, what happened when he got there? He took his sword. Oh, you believers that are gentle, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. He did not kiss the enemy. He did not hug the enemy. He did not pray over the enemy. He took out the sword to make sure that the enemy is really dead. Cut. Oh, you can't preach this at certain churches here in Whitbank. Cut off his head and lifted up the head to the armies of God. Right there, men that were cowards became courageous. Everybody started looking for their sword and charging against the Philistine. But what did it take? And nobody. Somebody that had a personal encounter with God. Folks, there will be times where a demon will come in the church and the elders will be afraid, the pastor will be afraid. But you as a sister, you can have your slingshot at your corner and say, Satan, I'm about to release my stones. David, when you check him, after he won the battle, the king became jealous. Brothers became jealous. When they came, sisters were singing and composed a new song. Oh, Saul has killed his hundreds. But David, he has killed his thousands. When Saul listened to the lyrics... And men that were around Saul said, King, do you hear the song? <laughs> so, I, I do not say, Saul has killed his hundreds. David, his thousands. Sisters singing. Then the king said, no, 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 no. This must be sorted out. Folks, there are certain testimonies that you're going to say, they may turn your very own people against you. Your own brothers and sisters against you. Amen. Then from there, a warrior who was supposed to be celebrated became a fugitive. Now the king was after him. Until he ran away and he got himself, I preach about this in this church, he got to a place called Ziklek. Mm-hmm. Ziklek was a place of refuge where he had been running and where he could regroup with his men. Then one time, the king of the Philistine said, we need to go and fight a battle. When they went to fight the battle, right there, they decided that, hey, 
Remember this brother. Once destroyed our brother Goliath. What if when we are in alliance with him, he remembers that and begins to take sides with the enemy? Send him back. One of the Philistine warlord sent David back with his men. Now, when they were coming from that battle, going home, you, you, you know, when you have driven long distance, they say stats prove that 90% of accident happen 10 kilometers away from your home. Because after you have driven for long, by the time you approach 10 kilometers, you're already imagining your bed, your food, then most of the people sleep. Go ahead, it's stats. Now, these men, as they were coming, they had long left their wives and their children, and now they're coming back after war. As they were coming, they see the smoke coming out of Ziklag. They're wondering what is happening in Ziklag. The smoke is coming out, but there is a deafening silence. As they got closer, they realized that Ziklag had, had been ransacked. There was chaos. The enemy had destroyed everything. Not only everything, the two wives of David were not there. They had been taken. And all their wives and the children have been kidnapped. And David, when he got there, he realized that, hey, we thought we were coming down. Remember, in the olden days, women, when you were coming, they were ululating and singing songs. That's why they could say David killed his thousand and Saul killed his hundred. But that day, there was no sisters to see. There was silence in Ziklag. Hallelujah. Look, listen, you have, they have gone to fight the enemy this side, but another enemy slipped in behind. And this is where we as ministers need to be careful as, as the elders of the church. You could be a really hero in the church fighting big demons while a small demon is coming into your house. You don't know when he opened the door and you don't know when he closed the door, but he's in. Now, David, when he got there, brother, bring it, Samuel 30. First Samuel 30, I need it on the screen. Amen. First Samuel 30. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burnt it with fire. Look, when the enemy comes, he burns everything. Come with it, brother. And they had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burnt with fire. And their wives and their sons and their daughters 
were taken captives. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice, wept until they had no power to weep. Brothers crying until they could not weep anymore. Tears could not come anymore. Voices faded out because what was the enemy? The enemy is going to be merciless if you give him a chance. And David and two wives were taken captives. And Ahinoam and the Jezreelites and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Camelite. And David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself. In the Lord is God. <laughs> if, if you are a believer, that functions because somebody is patting you on the back. If you are a preacher, that preaches because people say amen. If you are a singer, that sings because people applause. There's coming a time where people around you will go silent. And not only go silent, they will blame you. We were fine until you brought us here. Look now what happened. What do you have for yourself? These were men that David was with. And David, after he realized what the enemy had done, then David realized in the midst of chaos, the word of the Lord is still an answer. I say he realized that the word of the Lord is still an answer. And say to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? They are coming from a battle and they come and find the place destroyed. And now David is asking the Lord, must I fight back? Or must I accept that they are gone? Let's listen to what God said. Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, this is the Lord. Read with me. Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them. Today, if you are fighting a certain battle and you are about to give up in that battle and you are considering to quit in that battle, I've got a message from the Lord. Don't quit. Pursue. Pursue. For thou shalt surely overtake them. This is a promise from God. This is a promise from God. And, and, without faith, recover all. Hallelujah. Without, oh brother, somebody had given up and said, my children are like this, they're going to be like this. My marriage is like this, it's going to be like this. My health is like this, it's going to be like this. But today, I'm saying, pursue and you shall overtake them. 
and you shall recover not half, not a quarter. Oh, hallelujah. It makes me have a determination that Satan, I still have a fight in me to go and recover all. Hallelujah. We are now in the recovery mode to recover all. All our children. All our blessings. Everything that God promised through the prophet messenger. Today I say church, the world is in Ziegler condition. Things are burning in the world. But I'm looking for the David of the hour that still has the fight in their belly and say, shall I pursue after the enemy? What a question. Sisters, are you here? We need more on you on your knees than ever before. Hallelujah. No time for gossip. Brothers, we need you more on your knees. No time for silly church politics. I said it and understand what I'm talking. No time for silly church politics. Biggering about and jostling around and trying to outmaneuver one another. That's nonsense. We don't need that for this hour. We want the people that say, we're going to pursue the enemy. And David inquired as the Lord said, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for thou shalt surely overcome them, and without faith recover all. David went, and he and the 600 men that were with him, and came to the brook of Bessa, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued, and he and 400 men, for 200 men abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Bessel. So as, as you have the people, there are people that will say, we're going we're gonna to pray with you, and they become part of your fellowship group, and you're even creating a WhatsApp group to encourage one another with quotations. You're phoning one another. But there's coming a time some of them will get tired. Coming time where some of them will say, we'll not go further. Your friends in the message, some of them are going to ring you and say, I've been in the message for long. I'm done with the message. What are you going to do? David, he had 600 men. He's fighting against the enemy. He's pursuing the enemy. He doesn't even know the number of people, the, the number of the soldiers that compose the enemy. And as he was coming, 200 men said, Ah, brothers, at now we can't go further. Here we stop. But David said, I'm not going to stop. That is why when you are doing something for the Lord, you must be prepared to do it alone if needs be. If somebody stops, you don't stop. I sometimes find people that were doing things for the Lord and say, ah, brother, we can't do the outreach anymore. You know, the brothers, these days are not available. Ah, it tells you that the outreach programs were not in you. But if they were in you, you're going to do them because you don't depend on the support that is behind you. It's because it is innate. It is in you. 
And David pursued. And they found an Egyptian in the field. God will always allow the enemy to be careless somewhere. To make a mistake. Why? When they put the regalia of Goliath, why did they leave the forehead exposed? As they were designing that military regalia, God said, no, there must be an area of exposure because the man that will wear this regalia is going to come against my son. And when he comes against my son, there must be an area where the enemy is exposed. And this morning I say, your enemy may look vicious. Your enemy may look stronger. But there is an area somewhere where your enemy is exposed. And they found an Egyptian in the field. And brought him to David. And gave him bread. Folks, it doesn't mean when you are in a fight, you destroy everybody on your path you may end up destroying the people that are there for you. Uh, are you here? Yeah. It doesn't mean that if every person that you confided in and they betrayed you, it doesn't mean that God is not going to send a confidant anymore. Uh, are you still with me? Imagine if they found this Egyptian and say, hey, kill him. No. You've got to select your battles wisely. Uh, Sometimes... Allow me to preach as a pastor. Sometimes I see people, sometimes they, when they fight battles, and later they even fight against the church of the living God. And you wonder, then why are you fighting the church? It's because of lack of wisdom. How many in the building has, have you ever tried, when you wanted to help somebody, that very person fought you? Or others, you have never experienced that. Eh? Amen. You know, at the sea, the, the lifeguards, those that rescue people when they drown, they say, if a person falls or drowns and goes down, most of them have been taught, I heard it from a lifeguard, you don't just jump in to help immediately. They say, because the person still has strength and the person is very, he's uh, got a panic attack, he's, he's in a panic mode. If you jump in and try to carry them, they're going to grab you. And what are you gonna, what's going to happen when they grab you? You both are going to sing. They say, they, what they do, they look when you go down they know that you have taken a few, the water in and you go again. Then when you come the third time, when you are helpless, then they jump in. Then they are able to carry you on their shoulder. Sometimes, even in the church, sometimes we don't help you immediately. It's not that we don't see that you are really having a problem. It's because sometimes if we jump in too quickly, you may even sink with us. We went where you get to the point where you say, hey, and the hands are going up. Then we say, that's a sign of surrender. Let's jump in. Uh, hallelujah. And rescue you out. Are you still with me? Uh, did you get that principle? Have you ever helped somebody? And after you have helped them, 
and you, you get them talking to other people and they really prison themselves. Ah, I came out of that problem. You know, my planning was very thorough. I reviewed my things. Then you are sitting there and saying, oh. I, I know, I know, as a pastor, you know, it's very painful sometimes. We testify to a person the message. He doesn't even know where's Genesis. We find him in the street, we testify to him, brother, here's where the Genesis is, and here's where Malachi 4, and in Malachi 4, God sent the prophet, and here in Acts, we baptize you, and after you are baptized, then we'll bring them in. Then they run a mile, and after a while, then you find them with their hands around their waist. Oh, the pastor doesn't say, doesn't teach me enough. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Allow me to, there's a young man here, young man, I'm going to say it for what it is. Brambanana would know. He wanted to marry an unbeliever. I fought. I said, brother, you will never marry an unbeliever. I will never allow that. That will never happen. You must give me the name and the number of this girl. I'll sort her out to stay away from you. And I did sort it out. You never got married. Then later I got married to a believer. And after a while after he got married to his wife in the message, the wife now influenced him and said, Pastor Madibai, you know it's not deep. <laughs> then I'm thinking that if I was not deep, you would have never gotten your husband because you would have married a well-to woman. But the eyes stood there. That's why you've got a husband. Do you see how people are? A human bind, a human being has got a limited thinking sometimes. I said it. They found an Egyptian in the field and brought him to David and gave him bread. And he did eat and they made him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of, uh, this brother was being fed, clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, His spirit came again to him, for he had eaten no bread, nor drunk any water, three days and three nights. And David said unto him, To whom belongest thou? Whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant of the Amalekite, and my master left me, because three days ago I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south, of the Sherathites, and upon the coast which belongeth to Judah, and upon the south of Caleb, and we burnt Ziklag with fire. And David said unto him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? He said, Say unto me by God that thou shalt never kill me, nor deliver me into the hands of my master. I will bring thee down to this company. And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing because they thought they were warm. They were in a relaxation mode because of all the, all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistine and out of the land of Judah. And David smote them from twin light even until the evening of the next day. The brother was, was really destroying the enemy. And they escaped not a man of them. 
You must never even allow one spirit that is tormenting you or your family to escape. Save 400 young men which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all. What did the promise say? But what between him recovering all, 200 men say, brother, the mission is too impossible. We are not going forward. In closing, here's what I want to promise you. If God said you will recover all, it doesn't mean between now and with the time you recover all, things are going to be easier. Actually, immediately after this service, you may receive very disturbing news. And somebody may tell you that, hey, have you seen at work they are making changes? I don't think we're going to have the jobs anymore. Listen. Don't listen to that report. The report says pursue. And you will recover all. After the service, your daughter or son may phone you and say, Hey, how are you? And they say, the Lord was good. We're in church. We're blessed. And they may not be interested. Their lack of interest does not change the promise of God. The promise still stands. Pursue. And you shall overtake them. And you will recover all. Believers, in closing, we want people that can fight back. Brother, when Satan comes to you and say, boo, what do you say? Boo, boo. Hallelujah. When you say boo, you don't run away. Are you still with me? And whatever you need for this battle, you've got it available. Whatever you need to bring the enemy down, you've got it available. If God allows you to fail, his reputation is the one that is at stake. No child of God shall ever be defeated. I want to repeat that. No child of God shall ever be defeated. No child of God shall ever be defeated. Every enemy that is on your way will be brought down. Why? It is a promise. And this God has never suffered a defeat even one time. But we are looking for people that can fight back. Oh, maybe you heard, yes, there is a time when they slap you on this cheek, you turn the other cheek. This is not a time. That's another context for another day. Now, when the enemy kicks you, make sure he's down. Knock him down. Use whatever you have to knock him down. Glory to God. I say, take whatever is available and whip the enemy. And when he's down, don't start drinking and relaxing. Make sure that the head of the enemy is in your hand. And you can lift it up to everybody and say, that Goliath that bothered me so many years, today, brother, sister, he's down. And when others realize that your Goliath is down, they start looking at their Goliath. And say, if sister so-and-so made his Goliath come down, oh, I'm looking for my Goliath. And that brother looks for his Goliath. Everybody's looking for the Goliath. Why? Because the spirit of victory is in the camp. I say we're not going to retreat, folks. We're not going to give up. We're not going to quit. This message has got enough voltage. I say this message has got enough voltage. We will bring every enemy down. 
if it's enticing spirit, will bring it down. Whatever, if it's a spirit of cancer, will bring it down. If it's a spirit of DTB, will bring it down. This church is an invincible army in the end time. Invincible, it means you can never be defeated. Yes, as a soldier, there will be time where you go down. Because in a battle, you are apt to be wounded. But a real soldier will not relax on the belly. A real soldier, while he's down bleeding, he's got a way to crawl. Because he knows it's not when I go down that matter. It's when I rise up. Oh, glory be to God. I don't care how many times you went down. I'm counting how many times you came up. Am I speaking to real soldiers here? Am I speaking to people that are determined after the service? That say, we know we are the people. We know that we are the people anointed for the hour. I, I hope I've really infused a spirit of militancy in you. And after the service, before you eat your lunch, just go to the bedroom and think about anything that you have ever wanted and go kneel down and say, God, now I've come from the service. Doesn't matter. I'm reporting it back to you. I am submitting my request to you. Are you in the building? Are you in the building? If you want your children to be saved, after the service, go straight to the bedroom. And kneel down and say, God, may the Holy Ghost go after them wherever they go. If there is a matter that you have complained about many times after the service, confront the matter. And make a decree over that matter. Say something over that matter. Then you will see. You will come with a testimony. And say God is still on our side. God bless you richly. As we stand to our feet. Are there Davids in the house? Are there Joshua's in the house? Are there Shamgas in the house? Hallelujah. These are the militia that say, bring it on. Amen. You know, the other time I saw an incident of road rage. The driver, it was in Pretoria, this motorist cuts in front of the other motorist and it really made the other motorist very mad. And even me, I was upset. Now, this other motorist was chasing the other one that cut in front of him. And even me, I thought, ah, that man, we need really to see what is happening. I was following. <laughs> then when we got to the robot, and we looked in the car of that motorist that cut in front of us, hey, we saw muscles. <laughs> now, the man 
was looking. And I really made sure that I'm really focusing on my lane. And he had identified the other fella. He gave him the look and said, is there a problem? And I could see that one was given the muscles. He was really humble. So sometimes the enemy can make a bluff and say certain things and come after you. But when he gets there and look, he realized that, gee, this is an anointed son. This is a daughter of God. And just say, let me not look at this. Let me focus on my lane. Amen. I have a father. I have a If you can come as we wrap up in prayer.
Our dear Heavenly Father, here we are, Lord. Father, we have just had your wait, Heavenly Father. Indeed, we have come in simplicity, Heavenly Father, to come and recharge us, Heavenly Father, to fuel us, Heavenly Father, just to be closer to you, Heavenly Father, and have, Heavenly Father, that faith that you are still God, God that still cares, Heavenly Father, yes. and have purpose for our lives, Heavenly Father. We are thankful for the word, Heavenly Father, that you have given unto us, Heavenly Father. Indeed, Heavenly Father, it is spiritual food, Heavenly Father, that is used for us, Heavenly Father. We are thankful, Father, for our pastor, Heavenly Father, who you always use him, Heavenly Father, mm. who is always stepping from you, Heavenly Father, to feed us, Heavenly Father. Yes. Not an easy job, Father, but Father, we say, Father, prayers to him and his family, Heavenly Father. Mm. Give him strength, Heavenly Father. We know virtue has gone out, Heavenly Father. Father, we know even uh, this afternoon, Heavenly Father, we're still going, Heavenly Father, to have a service. Father, as we are about to leave this place, Heavenly Father, we will pass you, Heavenly Father, for all those things, Heavenly Father, that we have lost, that the devil has robbed of us, Heavenly Father. Father, you have said in a way that you must go and make a degree, Father. Yes. We're reminding ourselves that when we live here, Heavenly Father, we mustn't only, Heavenly Father, go and think about the natural only, Father. Mm. We must always, Heavenly Father, whatever that we are doing, seek you first, Heavenly Father. And then, Heavenly Father, lay whatever the purpose, the desires of our hearts to you, Heavenly Father, and thou shalt answer, Heavenly Father. Father, we are thankful, Father, as we come back, Heavenly Father, recharge us, Heavenly Father. Recharge also the speaker, Heavenly Father, for tonight, Heavenly Father, that is going to feed, uh, give us the weight, Heavenly Father. Bless the Savior that is coming, Heavenly Father. As we live here, still be with us on the way, Heavenly Father. Mercy, seven traveling mercies, Heavenly Father, we are asking from you, Heavenly Father. Bless our families, whatever that we are going to do, Heavenly Father. Bless this day, Heavenly Father. We commit everything to you in the name of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray, Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Now, we are going to start I think if we make it five o'clock for half past, yeah, five o'clock, and then run about twenty past, the song leader will come to the fore. Twenty past, half past, we should be able to finish in time. So it is for our communion. Uh, just make sure that you do attend. And those that may have transport issues, uh, kindly see the elders, Brother Mbayana and Brother uh, Philip. Just report that you may need the service, uh, the transport after the service, so that we can make an arrangement. But no matter where you are or where you stay, we'll find a way to take you home. Amen. That's our promise to you. Amen. God bless you richly. Just give us a song till we meet at five for the communion service. Amen. Thank you, When I went to Napa, 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 when I went to